Welcome. It's great to see everybody. It's, uh, it's great to be here today, and I'm really excited about what we get to talk about today. Uh, we have a guest here with us, and I'm going to bring him up here in just a second, but it's somebody that we've been partnering with for a long time, actually. And uh, as, as you know, with last week being a focus on Mission Akron and being a focus on uh, what we're doing locally, um, for us to also look globally is an important thing to do as well. We've, uh, we've had a few things going on over the last uh, year or so, uh, as, as many of you know, uh, over the last couple of years, quite frankly. And so for us to be able to, in some ways, get back to normal, as, as maybe we'll call it, as normal as it can be, uh, this is an aspect of church that really should be normal, is, uh, is talking about missions and, and, and diving into that a little bit. And so I'm, I'm really excited uh, about today, and I know today is going to be uh, inspiring for you and challenging as well. Um, so uh, today we have with us somebody that, as I said, we've been partnering with for, uh, boy, 12 to 15 years probably, um, going, going way back. And, uh, and he is from the Philippines. He's, he's a missionary from the Philippines, but he actually likes to call himself a church planner, and I like that. And we're going to be talking about that here in a minute. He's the uh, founder and CEO of Global Surge. Please welcome Greg Lyons. So Greg and I are going to basically sit and talk for a few minutes and, and really introduce you to, to a lot of the things that he's doing and, and the vision that he has for, for moving forward as well and, and how that can apply uh, to us here. So, um, so Greg, just tell us about, um, about Global Surge. Where, exactly where is it and, and how long has it been going on? What do you guys do? Where, what, why, when, how, all of those things. Fill us in. It's great to be here and uh, to, to be able to meet so many folks here at Connect Church. Global Surge is a church planning movement that we founded and based out of Metro Manila, Philippines. So it's Asian based. And uh, our primary goal is to plant urban churches in mega cities in starting in Asia and then throughout the world. And so we have planted churches now in Metro Manila, uh, Bangkok, Thailand, Phnom Penh, uh, Cambodia and Jhelum, uh, Pakistan, and we're moving quickly into Africa right now. That's awesome. Now, all of us have been affected by COVID, as we know, um, since we're all sitting, for the most part, all of us are sitting here with masks on and such. Um, but you've got to imagine, as much as that has impacted the ministry here and our country and our state and our city and all of that, that that has had an impact all over the world. Um, and so tell us a little bit about how COVID has impacted the Philippines and your ministry uh, with, with Global Surge. Um, and then we'll look at a video here. Uh, the pandemic, of course, has hit uh, globally. And when it hit the Philippines, uh, we went into what the government called an enhanced community quarantine. And what that meant was it was a military-grade shutdown with uh, uh, border guards on every city and province of the Philippines. Metro Manila, the city where I live and where Global Surge is located out of, is a huge city of 25 million people. It's in the top 10 cities of the world. And it's made up of 13 cities and municipalities. So every time you, you, you traversed a, a boundary that normally you would not even pay attention to because it's just on a road, now they set up military guards uh, to uh, check you and uh, they limited uh, travel. They also stopped all public transportation and the majority of our population uh, 
exists on public transportation. They commute into to the city to work. And so when they did that, the whole city shut down. People were then confined to their homes. Uh, and uh, the government said that they would deliver food. And they did as much as they could. It amounted to just about uh, you know, a bag of groceries every uh, three or four weeks. And so immediately, uh, those that were on the poverty line or slightly above immediately began to sink into that difficult situation. Mm. It affected our churches in a, in a, in a profound way because like here in the United States, we were, we were not able to meet and uh, we haven't been able to meet since that time. Uh, just a few days ago on September 1st, they opened up the quarantine to a general quarantine and we're allowed to meet at 10% of the seating capacity of uh, the church. And so we're getting ready to relaunch. I head back to Manila on Wednesday, in fact. Uh, so I get to go back uh, and, and help relaunch all of our nearly 60 congregations that's all over the city. Um, it has affected our pastors uh, there. Uh, and I'll refer this in, in intro kind of to the video because uh, I reached out to your pastor uh, for some help when this hit. Now, little inside story, I didn't tell the first service, so you guys get this, okay? Uh, every missionary has a list of soft-hearted pastors that you call. <laughs> Jay's on my list. And so I'm just telling you that because he may get another call and, uh, you know, he's going to tell you, he's, you know that guy, that handsome, bald guy, you know, he called again. So anyway, yeah, your I'll church... Take it. I'll, I'll take that. Your, your church fun. responded and sent funds to us so that we could help sustain the pastors. Now, when we didn't have church, 95% uh, of our offerings that come in to support the church come in in cash, because we are basically a cash society. Uh, nearly 80% of our population don't even have bank accounts. And so when you don't have a service, you can't collect offerings. When you can't collect offerings, you can't pay the bills. And what, what, I, saw, what I knew right off the bat was the pastors were going to start suffering. And you've got to keep the pastors going. You know, my heart goes out to them, because... I trained them, you know, they're my, they're my guys. And so uh, your help helped make a difference in their lives and sustain them during this pandemic time. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at this video that, uh, that he has about the, how COVID has affected over there. Today, the Philippines has its first confirmed case. The number of COVID-19 cases in the Philippines now exceeds. The Philippines reporting the first coronavirus death outside of China. Land, domestic air and domestic sea travel to and from Metro Manila shall be suspended beginning March 15, 2020. Hi, I'm Luke Lyons with Global Surge, and I'm standing here with Pastor Wilson, one of our church planners here in Metro Manila, Philippines. It's been a very interesting time during this enhanced community quarantine that we've seen here all over Metro Manila with curfews and all kinds of restrictions, but the gospel continues to be shared. Pastor Wilson, with your church plant here in this area, how have you been effective in sharing the gospel, even with the restrictions that you've seen? We had an impact on the community because we were able to help and share the gospel to them. 
We are so thankful to God because we have reached out 107 families in our community and we believe we will reach more for Christ. As you can see, this is just one of many examples. Dozens of Global Search churches, just like Pastor Wilson, have shared the gospel with their community, even in the middle of this pandemic, even in the middle of a very intense quarantine that we're seeing over here. So your investment in these churches, in these pastors, is really making a major, major impact and a huge difference in the permanent destination of thousands of people as they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Thank you so much for all that you have done. We've got a great future ahead of us, and we believe the church will continue to grow and make an amazing impact in our world. I know that we have seen here, uh, at least within our, our church body, um, just God do some amazing things, even in spite of COVID. I mean, when, even when we were just online and just doing services online, we saw uh, people come to Christ and, and then coming back, um, seeing life change in people be, because of this. I know that some things like that have happened, uh, some incredible things actually that you've told me about have, have happened over there in terms of God working in the midst of this. Can, can you talk about that for sure. a second? So when, when we uh, was able to collect the funds to help with the pastors and the churches, which was our primary goal, uh, the pastors actually took the money and used very little on their families. And they decided to, to, to start doing relief efforts. And so we began to organize relief efforts to help the families in the community where these congregations and churches were located. And uh, so uh, Pastor Wilson in the video who you met is one of our church planners and he planned a church and uh, he, he began to reach out. I didn't say this before, but uh, he, he, as he was passing out uh, some relief, some rice and some canned goods, he ran across a, uh, a business family that actually was a supplier of vegetables for a market nearby, and they gave us a pickup load of fresh vegetables to add to the relief and give it away to the families. So it was, a, you know, it's amazing how God just, it's, it's frankly, it's a loaves and fishes thing, you know, where you do something and God just multiplies it. Then uh, Pastor Wilson reached out to uh, a group of tricycle drivers. That's a form of public transportation in the Philippines. Uh, a tricycle is a motorcycle with a sidecar, and they run around, they drop people off, it's, uh, they, people pay the fare and whatnot. And uh, these guys never are able to come to church because they work every day, and they get their money every day from the fares. And so when the pandemic hit, all these guys lost their jobs and, and no money was coming in. So Pastor Wilson actually reached out to the president of the Tricycle Drivers Association in his area near his community. And he found him and he met him and he said, listen, he said, our church would like to help uh, some families uh, with some food of your drivers. And the guy says, really? What? A church? And he was blown away that a church was willing to impact the community. These were people that had never come to church, people that you know never, never had any idea that, that this was going on. And uh, he said, we'd like to help. Can you give us uh, some of the, the most, uh, the drivers who are the most in need? 
who don't have any who don't have any food and 50 guys showed up and we helped them with food and we shared the gospel with them because they were asking what kind of church does this and 30 of them got saved on that day can you imagine that so your offering directly helped that kind of a situation and so uh you know you're gonna get to heaven god's gonna say hey good job you know because you helped with that to me was that lasting ministry is a result of churches that partner with missionaries on the field. Um, talk about the, the value of that, because I, I don't know if we, we quite, I, I think we're starting to get, like even right now with just some of the things that he's saying, the, the value added of, of a lasting partner uh, in ministry on the field. Talk about that for just a second, if you would. So uh, the way Connect Church partners with us is uh, we, we have known uh, Connect Church uh, for many years. I knew your previous pastor and uh, was a friend of mine, and we came, and your church chose to support us, send us some funds every month. And so every month you send us some funds, and that, those funds enable my family, my wife and I now, that uh, uh, to stay on the field, live in Metro Manila, and carry on the work that, that, that we do there, the church planting effort. Now, there's a lot of ministry that uh, goes on and ministries that, that show up periodically, okay? So they come in, a lot of relief organizations, well-known around the world that'll show up during a calamity or something like that. And when they come in, they, they do good work, and I'm all for that, and we need that, and God bless them for all that. But when the calamity is over or when another calamity happens in another place, that organization leaves, actually, you know, and goes to another location. And so the people are still there, still recovering from uh, whatever issue that, that they were facing. Your helping us remain on the field enables us to continue that, that outreach even beyond the calamity and begin to bring changed lives and transformation of communities through the planting of local churches. So without our partnership, then we would not be able to be on the field when a pandemic hit, hits to take advantage of the ministry opportunities that present themselves. And so you guys, in, in consistently doing that, you partnered with us like over a decade. I mentioned, you know, I probably had hair when you started partnering with us. You know, uh, it's been so long. And uh, you're, you, we are grateful for that. And you sustain the work. And I, I've encouraged your pastor. I said, please understand that that consistent partnership makes a difference, makes all the difference. You don't plant churches without training pastors. You don't train pastors unless they've been discipled and mentored. You're not, you're not going to disciple and mentor people unless you reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that whole process, that's what a missionary does. That's why, that's why I call myself a church planter, because we are in that process, and Connect Church enables us to do that. So you're giving your giving directly impacts the planting of churches. And I'm, I'm not able to be here every, every weekend, obviously. I have work to do in other places. Uh, but uh, rest assured uh, that, you, you, you know, I give a report, I send it in, it bug your missions committee people if you need to, you know, hey, what's going on with Greg, you know. And uh, they'll be able to tell you. And you are having an, a, a long-term impact on life change in the Philippines and in many other countries now. Yeah, that's yeah. If if you don't know, and and maybe you do, for those of you that, that are able to give online, that there's a there's a place directly um, on uh, when you give online or on our envelopes that says missions, where you can give directly to missions. I know that's something that that I give to every single week as well. And so for us to be able to to fund that 
is, is a huge thing to be able to do because actually Greg was telling me last night that um, he's not allowed to get a job. Like you're not allowed to have a job over there and still continue to do uh, what he is doing. And that, that has to do with your visa, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an incredible thing to be able to continue this ministry to be able to to move forward. And I love the fact, as, as he was telling me a story last night at dinner about uh, somebody that he was talking to, and they asked him what he did, and he didn't say, I'm a missionary. He said, I'm a church planter. And I think that's so cool um, that, that you quantify it that way, because that, that really is exactly what you're doing. Um, talk, talk about that. Talk about the model of that. And, and I know that we are in a lot of a life group model, a small group model moving forward, and that is very much your strategy as well. Talk about that for just a second. So when, when I use the term church planter, uh, there, there's a whole lot involved when you plant a church. Uh, from, uh, you, you can't plant a church until uh, you, you, know, you start winning people to the Lord. So we have a very strong evangelistic arm to our ministry, a camping ministry, actually, that takes thousands of young people to camp to hear the gospel. And then we, we, we uh, disciple them and uh, bring them on into the church. I'm, I'm a firm believer that, uh, that transformation in a community comes through a str strong churches in that community. Because you will not have life change unless you have Jesus in your life. I mean, if you don't know Jesus, and I, I would say to anybody listening, watching, or even in this room, if you don't know Jesus and you don't have that personal relationship with him and have given your life to him uh, and embraced him as your savior, then uh, you won't experience the fullness of what you can be because uh, Jesus is that transformational agent, I should say, in your life. And so we have to bring that there. Now, we have three priorities that we do, that we apply for our church planning. Uh, our first priority is discipleship. Now, if you read the Bible, Matthew, uh, chapter, uh, Matthew uh, 28, 19, and 20, it says that uh, we are to go and make disciples, help them people know Jesus and then become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And that comes through discipleship. So that we spend a lot of time on one-on-one -on -one discipleship. In fact, about 80% of our congregations that we have planted, 80% uh, of the adults and young people are involved in one-on-one -on -one discipleship on, on some level. Uh, then the second, we, we involve people in small groups. I know you have some small groups uh, here. We are very strong on small groups. And so uh, we, uh, that's where you have true Christian fellowship. Now, we greet, we greet each other at church, am I right? And we, we might say that's kind of fellowship, you know. You know, but when you say, how are you, what do, what do most people say? I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, you could have been fighting with your husband or wife on the way in, you know, parked, go okay, get now behave because we're, we're getting into church, you know, and you got to say I'm fine. So that, that happens. But in, in a small group, you're able to share your heart. You're able to share your needs. You're able to weep with people who are going through problems and pray for people. And so we're very strong on small groups. We have over 600 small groups that meet all over Metro Manila right now uh, there. And then of course the celebration service is the third, but when the pandemic hit, we were able to continue to exist in small groups and, uh, and, and make a difference. Do you want me to tell that story about the group right now or after the video? Okay. Video.
Hi, I'm Luke Lyons with Global Surge and our newest church planner, Pastor Rodno Tamba. So, you've been incubating for some time. How long has your church been incubating leading up to the launch today? 12 months. And in 12 months, what have you been able to accomplish as far as small groups and discipleship? We have uh, 36 small groups and uh, 58 involved in discipleship. So 58 people already involved in discipleship, 36 groups, and they're all here. Yes. God is doing some really exciting things here in Metro Manila as we're launching into our newest church plant. If you gave, you have a part in everyone sitting here today. If you haven't, this is a great time to start. Join us and partner in the next Global Search Church Plant. So tell them the story about the, uh, about the small group that you told me a couple months ago. Well, uh, first of all, can I, can I say, the, the guy in the video is a younger version of me, okay? Um, that's my oldest son who works, in our church, works as a missionary as well in our church planning ministry. When the small groups and how powerful they can be in a community is, is this. So when the, when the pandemic hit and everybody was in a quarantine, some of our, our groups continued to meet, some online, some in person if they had geographic and they area, they were close, they could get, get together, uh, some clandestinely, I have to say, you know, because they weren't going to let uh, this, this, this shut down their faith. And so uh, this one group was meeting. There was about six or seven of them in this group, and they gathered in this house, and, and they were getting ready. It was right uh, as the pandemic had started a week or two into it. And uh, while, they, while they started their, their small group meeting, uh, somebody knocked on the door. And so they thought, oh, well, you know, maybe we're, we're in trouble or something. I guess I went to the door. There's two guys standing there. And they said, hey, well, we saw some people coming into your house. What's going on? And they said, well, we're, uh, we're having our small group, our church small group. And the guy goes, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Can, can, could we come in? And they're like, what? Yeah, yeah, I guess you can. So they, they came in when they sat down. A member of the group said, I know you guys. I invited you to our group two years ago. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, we didn't think it was important then, but with all that's going on, uh, maybe we ought to take a look at what you guys are talking about. And they came in and sat down and sat through the group. And at the end of the group, both of these men in their 40s got saved as a result of that, that group. I mean, incredible. And it was the pandemic that really got their attention and caused them to think about their life and find Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a little bit of what we can pray for, how, how we can pray for. I, I think we know why we need to be praying. Um, what, what specifically can we pray for in, in, in that regard to what's going on with, with you guys in Global Search? So when you pray, for, uh, initially, the immediate thing is, as, as many people are praying for, is that uh, we, would, we would soon be relieved from the quarantine in the Philippines and that we could go back to full outreach that we're trying to do. And uh, it's been very hard on our pastors, very hard on, on the ministry in, in many cases. And so we, uh, are, uh, we, we ask you to pray about that and that you would uh, come alongside us. And let me just give you, we are actually... Uh, 12 hours, uh, excuse me, right now in daylight savings time, 13 hours ahead of you. So Sunday is already finished, 
in the Philippines. So if you pray for our Sunday service when you come to church, because you see on the mission board, oh, there's Greg, I pray for him. You know, and you pray, hope he has a good Sunday, we're done, okay? You're praying for next week, okay? Uh, so when you have dinner Saturday night, that's when you should remember to pray for us, okay? Secondly, I have a need. Uh, let me share with you just a quick need. You, you saw a couple of pastors in our videos, Pastor Wilson, Pastor Rodno. By the way, that church just launched in February on the eve of the shutdown. And so he's not been able to have services. We're trying to help him not be depressed, and we're going to have to relaunch next month, you know, there. But what we try to do as a ministry to help our pastors become more effective is we try to equip them with a motor scooter. You know, and so they don't have a car, and many times where they live, they don't even have a place to park a car. And so uh, what we try to do is I, I, I try to raise funds to help them purchase a motorcycle, a little motor scooter, about 100, 125cc uh, type thing. It's not a Harley Davidson, so nothing big like that. Uh, but something that makes them more effective. What this does to a pastor, it allows him to use his time far more wisely. He can go and disciple more people, lead more, more small groups, take care of church business, and at times even take his family if he needs to go somewhere. And so we, we try to raise for every one of our church planters uh, uh, funds to do this. It costs $2,000 to buy a motorcycle, get it registered, insure it, all that kind of stuff uh, in the Philippines, in Cambodia, and in Thailand. And like I said, we, we're, we, have, uh, we have 12 churches that are in the pipeline that sh we were hoping would launch this year, but because of the pandemic, we have to push them off into 2021. But we need to equip all of those pastors with, uh, with, a, with, a, with a motorcycle to help them be uh, more effective for the ministry. We will be praying about that. And there is an opportunity right there for each and every one of us to think about and pray about. And if that's something that maybe you feel led uh, to be a part of, please let us know so that we can see about, uh, about how we can, we can help in that area. So let's do this. Let's together, as a church family, let's pray for Greg. Let's, let's bow our heads right now and let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the chance that we have to be a part of your global mission. Father, what an amazing opportunity we have. And we thank you so much that we get to partner with Greg. And we thank you for what Global Surge is doing, Lord, and the lives that are being changed and, and the souls that are being saved, God, and the, the discipleship that's happening. And it's, it's such an amazing thing. Uh, and Lord, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to, to move uh, not only in our country, but also uh, around the world. And Lord, specifically for his ministry, God, I pray that the quarantine would lift uh, more so that they can do more ministry, Lord, so that they can reach out to, to more people, so that they can, uh, they can be more involved in discipleship and they can, they can get around and reach more people for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just, just go before them and, uh, and, and be with their leaders that are making decisions on all of these things. Uh, God, that, that this quarantine would lift and that they would be free to do ministry even more. And Lord, I do just pray for this uh, this, uh, this special project for these needs that, uh, that they have in, in wanting to bless these pastors with, uh, with a, a motorcycle or a motor scooter or whatever that might be. Um, Father, I pray that if it, if it be your will, Lord, that every single one of those would be supplied. Um, God, we know that, uh, that you have the resources uh, to do that and, uh, and you equip your people to be able to do that. So Father, I, I pray that, uh, that you would just put it on the hearts of those that are able to be able to, to give toward that. Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you that we can be a part of your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So why do we believe in and support missions as, as a church? Why is supporting missions worth it? I think you're seeing that. I think you've heard that. 
I think you're seeing that in, in incredible ways here. Um, but I want to solidify that a little bit. I want to solidify it by going to God's word for just a few minutes as, as we wrap this up. So if you do have your Bibles or you have the Bible app, uh, you can jump on there. And uh, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 9. And I want to read a passage to you out of Matthew chapter 9. And this is Jesus talking. And this passage is used many times about missionaries and, and about missions. But, but I want to flip this just a little bit because, because we, and a, and a lot of times we think about missions or missionaries as something that's, that's maybe separate or like an additional thing that we do. But I want you to hear what Jesus has to say about this. Beginning in verse 35 in Matthew chapter 9, he says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know, when we think about a harvest field and we think about the crops, a good crop, think about this for a second, a good crop can go to waste if there aren't enough workers to harvest it. A good crop can go to waste if there aren't enough workers to harvest it. There is a lot of good crop to be harvested, and the Lord is calling each and every one of us to be a part of that. And some of that is maybe being able to help support amazing people and amazing organizations like Global Surge and Greg, but that's also a responsibility for each and every one of us to be a part of as well. Look at this quote from this book that I read a few years ago. Scott Moreau, he said this, the source of the problem is not that the crop is huge, but that the harvesters are lacking. The problem is not that the crop is huge, but the harvesters are lacking. There's ways that we can be a part of this, not only financially and giving in, in that regard, but I believe that there may be some of us that are called to be a part of this and to be a part of missions, maybe even to actually go. I believe in every crowd there may be a future church planner sitting in the crowd. I believe that God's calling each and every one of us to be a part of this because that's what Jesus is saying. Our role within the body of Christ, our role within the body of Christ is to be on mission, both physically, spiritually, financially. All that we are is to be a part of missions. At the end of Jesus' ministry, we know this verse. We saw it last week. We're going to look at it today. And spoiler alert, we're going to look at it next week too. Um, in Acts 1.8, we know what Jesus said there. The last thing that he said before his ascension, the last statement that he made, he charges his followers to go out and reach the world. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Jesus says, start at home and work your way out. We know that. That's part of the mission and vision of Connect Church, Jesus literally began, and end, began his ministry and ended his ministry with a call to missions. And this only makes sense, really, as you continue with the narrative throughout the New Testament, as you go into the book of Acts and you see uh, the churches that are being planted, the development of, of churches and the calling of Paul, who is a huge part of that. The purpose of the church is intrinsically tied to missions. It's not separate. It's, it's part of it. It's, it's a huge part of it. In fact, I would even say it's the thread that runs through all of Jesus' ministry, and it's one of the underlying theological bedrocks of a church, or at least it should be. 
It's at the heart of the scriptures. And understanding, ministry, understanding missions really helps us to inform our role within the body of Christ. Let that sink in for just a second. Understanding this and, and seeing what we're doing and being part of this helps to inform what your role and what my role is in the body of Christ. And that's why the connection point for today, because I've always got one, right, is that the church is missions. The church is missions. The church doesn't participate in missions. The church is missions. It's who we are. It's not what we do. It's, it's who we are. Just like we said last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. When I said that the church isn't a destination, it's, it's an identity. It's not a building. It's a people. This is who we are. This is part of who we are. I'm so thankful that our church over the years has been a part of missions, that it's just been a part of who we are, and that's what we're going to continue to be as we move forward. Every week over the summer, we talked about how we need to be more like Jesus. We talked about being more like Jesus, and missions is at the heart of that idea. Missions is at the heart of that idea because it's in the very nature of God. It really is. Growing his kingdom, connecting people to Christ, community, and purpose, that is actually a mission-centric mission statement. Maybe you never thought about it that way, but it really is. We picked it for a reason. It is a missions-centric mission statement, connecting people to Christ, community, and purpose. Anywhere and everywhere. The very nature of God is wrapped up in the core of missions. And this is something that's going to be uh, more of a part of what we're doing. That's why we have the missions wall that's going in out there. Um, this is going to be more in front of us probably than it ever has been because it should just be a part of who we are. It's clearly revealed throughout the scriptures in virtually every page of the Bible over and over again. Talk about God's love and his purpose for you and me, and that is to reach this world. We all have a part. We all have a part because your purpose and my purpose is wrapped up in his purpose. And his purpose, his purpose is to give you, to give you not only eternal life, which we know we have, to give you purpose in this life and to be a part of reaching others. Would you bow your head with me? And I know that there are potentially those watching online and maybe even some in this room that maybe you haven't put your, your trust in Jesus. And as Greg was talking about a few minutes ago, I, I love that being a part of the church and being a part of the church and being a part of the mission that Jesus has called us to is that it's about something bigger than myself. It's about something bigger than you. It's about the kingdom of God. And God is exclusively inclusive. Everyone is invited. And he loves you more than anything. And if you don't have a relationship with him, today might be the day that you make that decision. You may have heard this a thousand times, but God wants nothing more than to forgive you, to come into your life, to be the Lord of your life, and to transform your life radically in an amazing way. And if you want to know for 100% sure that you have a relationship with Jesus and that you'll be with him one day, I'd love to talk to you about that. I know Greg would love to talk to you about that. We'd love to pray with you today. So as we wrap up our service, 
I'm going to ask Greg to actually close us in prayer. He would pray for us to not only be on mission, to continue to be more on mission so that we can reach those around us, but also, also if, there, if there is anyone here or anyone watching online that doesn't know Jesus, that today might be the day that they make that decision. Greg, would you pray for us? Father God, thank you for this service. Thank you for the great message, the reminder, Lord, that you have a global heart and that it is your desire that every church have that same heart. I thank you for Connect Church and their faithfulness through the years, but Lord, I believe that you even have greater things planned for this church, and so I pray for Connect Church. I pray for the leadership and, and everybody that is, that is part of the church, whether they attend uh, in person or online or, or, or on and off, it doesn't matter, Lord. I pray that you would use everybody, Lord, to accomplish your great plan of getting Jesus to the world. Lord, I pray that you would bless them in this effort. I pray that you would empower them. I pray that you would provide, you would flood them with resources, Father, of all kinds that would enable them to impact not only their immediate community, but their entire state, the country, and the rest of the world, Father. We ask for that. Lord, I pray for anybody who is listening and, uh, or here in this room that does not know you. May your Holy Spirit speak to them and draw them to you today. Father, I pray also the same passage that, we, that, that uh, Jay spoke from, that you would, I pray to you as the Lord of harvest, that you would call people to help with this harvest, even from among this congregation, may you raise up new missionaries, new church planters, new servants here in the church, and flood them with people who want to serve and want to use everything you've gifted them with for your glory. Thank you for this time, Father. We ask your blessings on us. Help us to be a light of you as we go to our separate homes and different businesses and jobs and everything like that. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.